Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's a Little Caesars Arena. We've got the sports opinions that matter to you. From the Driven Collision Studios, we make friends by accident on the game, 7.30 a.m. The views and positions expressed in this program are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the views and positions of the game 730 a.m. Some may find the content of this program controversial or offensive. Time to play the game. Be right. Put on your big boy pants and buckle up. This isn't a safe space for weak takes or whining. You can say that this sports radio show is offensive-minded. Call the show at 517-300-4263. Text or call us through the game, 7.30 a.m. Message the game, 7.30 a.m. on Facebook. Guess who's back? Back, back, back again. Beanie's back. Tell a friend. Here's your host and professional Hellraiser, Beanie Welcome to a very spooky edition of Offensive Minded. Prepare yourself for some of the most terrifying and horrible things you could ever possibly hear. Hi everybody, I'm Tim Stubb. If you want huge opinions on MSU and everything in sports, then tune into the Huge Show weeknights. Happy Halloween, Dr. J. Happy Halloween. That was terrifying. Some of the worst things you could possibly <laughs> hear. The kind of things no one should be subjected to endure. So spooky. Hi, everybody. I'm Tim Stump. <laughs> Truly a terrifying experience. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody. 
Dr. J is feeling festive. I see your costume this year that you're wearing right now. Yes. You're going as the sexiest woman in Lansing Sports Radio. Aw, thank you. Could also be called the only woman <laughs> in Lansing Sports Radio. How about this? I'll take it. You're going as the second sexiest sports radio personality in Market 118. Mm. And I'm going as the sexiest. Yeah, sure. Number How did I one. know that's where you were going with that? Well, anyway, look, uh, a very spooky edition of the show indeed. We'll have some fun with that throughout the way. We'll be festive, even though <laughs> um, it feels more like Christmas time. At least it's going to start looking that way. We're supposed to have snow showers starting any minute for like the rest of the evening. The lakeshore over by like Holland today hammered with six inches of snow. Yes. I love winter. I guess it tracks because you sick degenerates already are responsible for com- commercials for Christmas. Or already <laughs> have been airing for a week. The Christmas stuff has been out in the stores for at least a few weeks. I get to put up all my decorations. Look at that. There, there we go right now. There's a Christmas commercial <laughs> for Shutterfly, whatever the hell that is, uh, with uh, Chris Jenner, the Jenner matriarch. I'm just very excited to put up all my Christmas decorations tonight at midnight. I'm already seeing the, this year's John Travolta as Santa Claus <laughs> Christmas commercial campaign airing. You people are the absolute worst. Love it. And you know what? It was earlier this year, about July, when I noticed the first Spirit Halloween opening up. That's your guys' fault, too. (laughs) We have Christmas in October and Halloween in July. And it's all because you sickos, otherwise known as shameless capitalists, Mm -hmm. (laughs) can't get enough of monetizing the holidays. Anyway. Well, where to start today? Look, it's the NFL trade deadline. I guess it was 15 minutes ago. The Lions did make a move. They acquired Donovan Peoples-Jones, the former U of M wide receiver from Cleveland. You know, that's an interesting move to me. Mm -hmm. Seems unnecessary, but... Or does it? Does this give you some insight into maybe what they're thinking about their wide receiver room? Uh, We'll get to that a little bit later on. And we can rehash uh, what else happened on the NFL trade deadline day. And what didn't happen, because Lions fans are melting down. Hey, you know what? Look, I'll give it to you. Lions fans do everything extra. (laughs) You suffer extra. You celebrate extra. That's for damn sure. You went extra for Monday Night Football last night. Incredible atmosphere. And by the way, thanks to everyone who came out to see us at Buffalo Wild Wings in East Lansing for nachos and kneecaps. Had a good time there. But um, you know what else you're doing extra is melting down 18 hours after a hell of a win. When you play like crap and you still beat another NFL team by two scores, that means you are a very, very good football team. Mm Mm-hmm. The Lions played horrible for long stretches of that game, offensively especially. On defense, I think it was a fine performance. They had one drive where they couldn't stop, I almost said Oakland. They couldn't stop the Raiders. I don't think they ran, excuse me, I don't think they passed the ball once on that drive where Josh Jacobs just willed them into the end zone. Mm -hmm. But that was really it for the whole night. The Lions played awful. Jared Goff threw two interceptions, including a, a horrendous pick six. And guess what? It didn't matter. Didn't matter. Because they did what really good NFL teams do. Played probably a C-minus game 
and not only won, but dominated. They dominated the stats. They dominated the time of possession. And the score, I mean, what was the final? A 12-point win, right? Mm-hmm. 26 to 14. Yeah, that so. was the final. It really wasn't even that close. So you guys are going extra in a meltdown just 18 hours after that because you didn't get someone that you wanted in the trade deadline. You didn't get a pass rusher. You didn't mortgage the future for an expiring contract of a pass rusher. You didn't mortgage the future for a pass rusher who's always hurt. And you're upset about it. Well, we'll get into it later. Look, if you listen to nachos and kneecaps last night, you know where I stand on it. But we'll rehash a little bit later on. Here's where I wanted to start, Dr. J. Steel Team 6, as I'm calling it. Because you've yet to come up with something better. It's not my job. Well, it's your homework. Nope. That I assigned to you over a week ago. Literally not my job. I don't want to just put gate on the end. You know, that's, that's really low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. That's minimal effort. Right. But whatever you want to call this scandal with Michigan, look, man, the stories just get wilder and wilder. And this broke last night, like late last night, and has taken off since then. I don't know what to tell you anymore. But um, if you had the equivalent of a second grader trying to write a Tom Clancy <laughs> espionage thriller on your Michigan sign-stealing scandal bingo card, then you hit the jackpot. Because here's the latest. <laughs> Connor Stallions is alleged to have donned the worst disguise ever and impersonated a member of the CMU coaching staff or delegation and was on the sideline for the entirety of the MSU-CMU game here back on Friday, September 1st, allegedly helping CMU to steal MSU signs and decipher them to give them an advantage in that game. Just incredible. Incredible. And look, the pictures, you can find them online. I put them up at thegame730am.com. They're damning. It's clearly him. There's no way to know that it's him. That man is wearing a, a hat and sunglasses. It, you can't tell if it's him. Dr. J parroting the MGO blow message board <laughs> talking points. But no, seriously, most Michigan fans in social media are like, yep, that's him. Well, yeah, obviously it's you him. You know it's bad when the cult won't even back Come you on, up. it's clearly him. Can you imagine what that feels like when the cult won't back you? Mm. I mean, now I know, I guess that's what Leia Rimini went through. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's incredible. Go check the pictures out. Look, somehow it's less effort than a Groucho Marx mask. <laughs> Connor Stale, it's clearly him. He's wearing the same thing the CMU coaches have on, which is like the, the same kind of pants, the same gray polo with the CMU logo, and the same maroon ball cap mm-hmm. with the CMU C on it. But he has sunglasses on, and he has the bill bent down, covering <laughs> as much of his face as possible. <laughs> he's even got the little Denny's menu cheat sheet that he's infamous for now. It's incredible. Mm. We've got screenshots from that game. There's, oh my God, there's a highlight from one play where CMU has the ball. It's that Bert Emanuel Jr., the quarterback, who cannot throw. But he ran for a first down, 
toward the CMU sidelines. You know, your momentum carries you into the bench. Mm-hmm. He runs near where the person who is clearly Connor <laughs> Stallions in a very low-rent disguise is standing. And Stallions reacts by pulling his head down and trying to get out of the shot. It's pretty clear. It's not suspicious at all to wear sunglasses <laughs> for a night game. It's incredible. Come it's, on. I'm telling you, look, I know we, we say this a lot. This is a cliche, right? That just when you think it can't get any crazier, it does. But that's literally what's happening every day with this Michigan scandal. Mm. I feel like it can't get any more bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> just a few days ago, I was like, good Lord, this dude bought all of these tickets in his own name. Then it was, he has a manifesto that's incriminating himself. And now it's this. He impersonated a CMU staff member to stand on the visitor sideline at Spartan Stadium against Michigan State. So here's the thing. There were rumors circulating for a week or so about this, that Michigan was alleged to have had someone at an opposing Big Ten's a home game for an opposing Big Ten team on the visitor sideline, helping that visitor crack the signs for Michigan State in that game, or for an opposing Big Ten team in that game. That had been out there for about a week. It took off last night because Dan Dockich, everyone knows him, right? Former IU basketball player, coach, turned ESPN broadcaster, turned disgraced broadcaster, turned full-time jackass <laughs> in social media troll. He went out there and, and said it. And when he tweeted it yesterday, people started sleuthing around, and that's when we got the screenshots that are incredible. <laughs> Go check them out there at thegame730am.com. We've got side-by-sides oh. of this person in this very low-rent disguise right next to Connor Stallion. Not only are the facial structures clearly the same, but the same like blank stare, mouth-breathing whatever you would call that, is apparent on both guys. Resting mouth breathing? Is that (laughs) what we would call it? RMB? I don't know. What you don't understand, though, is that man had facial hair and was tanner than Connor Stallion. So it must be different people. That's legitimately what one Michigan fan fan said in response (laughs) on Twitter. (laughs) They had that picture of this person on the CMU sideline compared to a screenshot of Michigan's game against ECU the very next day. Mm Mm-hmm where Connor Stallions is clearly in frame. And this Michigan fan's like, it's obviously not him. Because look, the very next day at the Michigan game, he's on the sideline, he doesn't have a goatee, and Uh he's Tanner. Either that Michigan fan is special even by Walmart Wolverine standards (laughs) and somehow doesn't understand the concept of shaving (laughs) or what lighting can do to color on a broadcast. Mm Mm-hmm. Or, or we're just like new levels of cult behavior. Why would you defend him at this point? Isn't this good for Michigan? I would think, look, it's unless there's proof that Michigan like knew about it and signed off and like loaned Connor Stallions and his cryptography ser- services to CMU, unless there's proof of that, I think this actually looks good for Michigan mm. because it it would add credibility to the widely panned and let's be real completely improbable theory that he was acting alone he's it's just one guy one guy doing all this and that no one else knew no of course not but listen um wow incredible it's just 
every day. There's, <laughs> it gets worse slash better Those every day. Those pictures are just so good. I can't believe looking at it, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was a spoof. Isn't it incredible? <laughs> it seems like an SNL spoof of something. Oh, yeah. so good. Connor Stallions standing there on the sideline. That is the best disguise I've ever seen. It's like when celebrities go out and try not to get recognized with their, you know, they put on a hat and big sunglasses. Yeah. The most bare minimum effort disguise there is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there he is. There's Connor Stallions, pretty clear. Standing on the CMU sideline at Spartan Stadium, decked out in CMU gear. Hey, you know what? I want to give Connor Stallion some credit for flipping the script and being an iconoclast. Because usually it's CMU grads wearing Michigan stuff. (laughs) But he has totally flipped the paradigm. There you go. Okay, um, so some of the smoke out there now. CMU has officially released a... uh, Press, uh, press statement, their athletic director issued a statement saying they're investigating this. Oh. That just came out a few hours ago. Take that for what it's worth, you know, what she's supposed to say. They have to say something, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't want to read it because, for one, I don't have it in front of me, and I don't think it's anything. There's no news in it other than they're looking into it, right? Okay, cool. The reason there's smoke there is who's CMU's head coach? Jim McElwain, right? Mm-hmm. Did you know that once Jim McElwain was fired by Florida, his, like, rehab job was given to him by... Dr. J, do you know? Jim Harbaugh. That's right. He was U of M's receivers coach in 2018. Mm-hmm. Connor Stallions was there at the time. He had not been hired by Michigan as a recruiting analyst yet, but he was a volunteer assistant. So that's obviously some of the smoke here. I don't know if it implicates Jim McElwain. I don't. But I do know it's for sure that Connor Stallions knew at least a handful of guys who were on staff then that followed McElwain to CMU. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely a connection there. Yeah. How far does it go? Did Jim McElwain know? Look, I don't, I don't know, but that's where we're going with this thing. And listen to this. Look, um, I've seen a lot of people. <laughs> this is great. The re- okay, this just sums up how things are portrayed in this freaking state. And you got to laugh. Otherwise, you're just, your blood pressure is going to be into hypertension and you'll die way sooner than you'd like if you're a Michigan State fan. But look, man, we've got pretty compelling visual evidence of a Michigan staff member in disguise on the visitor sideline at a Michigan State game earlier this year. And people are spinning it. There's actual spin out there from media types in this state trying to make the story about Michigan State having lax security protocols at Spartan Stadium. That's your takeaway from this? No. That's your lead story out of this? You've got a guy on staff at Michigan at the center of the biggest cheating scandal in a while who's apparently, he thinks he's James Bond, but he's really Maxwell Smart. (laughs) Steve Carell's version. Just a bumbling idiot. Thinks he's some kind of master of spycraft, but really he's about as ineffectual as Leslie Nielsen's character in Spy Hard. And we've got him 
in plain sight, visual evidence, <laughs> wearing the most low-rent, low-effort disguise. And your story, your angle you're running with is MSU doesn't have good enough security protocols at Spartan Stadium. It's our fault because we didn't catch him? Yeah, that's the angle they're going with What? Do you remember what I said when the Urban Meyer stuff started more than a month ago? That we're going to get negative press anyway, so So why not lean into it? it? Uh, Yes. And people thought I was joking when I said this. And maybe I was. But I'm not so sure anymore. Because I said, it doesn't matter. State could hire Jesus Christ... The son of God in his second coming as the next football coach. And the media would say, MSU's new coach knows football, but his long hair and hippie lifestyle send the wrong message to the Spartan team. Mm -hmm. This is just the latest evidence. Isn't that incredible? That's the angle they're running with. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. I That's have, infuriating. It is. Oh, that makes me so angry. I'm not, I'm even, I'm past it. I'm just blown away. It's, it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. What is dumber? That or Connor Stallions in basically a spirit Halloween, not even good enough for spirit Halloween costume, cosplaying as a CMU staffer at the MSU CMU. I can't believe it. Why? I think that news angle is stupider. Yeah. Look, um, <laughs> MSU needs to tighten up their security so they don't let crazy people like Connor Stallions <laughs> in here. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Enough. Um, I've seen some people saying Michigan didn't know and CMU didn't know. Okay, I, whatever. I, I find MSU should have known. I find it really hard to believe that this specific incident CMU wasn't aware of. I find it really hard to believe for a number of reasons. One, the sideline pass he has, you can see in one of the pictures, it says VB, visitor bench, mm-hmm. okay? The way that works, to get a, a, a sideline pass, it's once pregame is up, you have to leave the sideline area before kickoff when you have one of those passes. You're allowed to be there during pregame with that pass. But unless you're officially on staff... Once it comes time for kickoff, you can't be there anymore. Well, he's there the whole game. And not only is he there, he's next to assistant coaches with his little Denny's menu cheat sheet. Again, you can see him interacting with the coaches on this. You mean to tell me, there are people out there telling me that this guy had a pass and access to the sideline and stood next to CMU coaches for the entire game and they didn't know it wasn't a guy who's... Not on their staff? There's no way. There is no way. By the way, for people saying, that picture is inconclusive. You don't know that's him. Okay, go pull up. You know, every football team does the team photo where they're all sitting in the stands and the players are, you know, taking up different rows and the coaches outline the block of players sitting in the stands, right? Mm-hmm. You can see each person clearly. Go look through. CMUs is available. Go look at that. And see if you find any coach who looks anything like the person in that screenshot. I'll save you the time. There isn't one. It's him. It's him. Unbelievable. (sighs) Also, um, for people, Detroit media, trying to spin this as anything other than a story about Connor Stallions and the, uh, the Michigan cheating scandal he's at the center of. 
i.e. people trying to make this a story about security protocols at Spartan Stadium. Uh. Here's how visitor passes work. And I only know this because of being in the business. The visitor passes for an away game, at least at Michigan State. I can't speak for every other school. I only know how it works at Michigan State. Those visitor passes are... the. There's a finite amount of those visitor passes issued to each away team, and they're sent ahead of the season. Mm -hmm. And it's up to the visiting team to decide how to disseminate them, who gets them. So Michigan State has no role in that. Should they? I think, you know, believe it or not, maybe that's a actually a question worth asking. Like, maybe that needs to be a little more regulated going forward and not just going on the honor system that the other coaches aren't going to sneak in. Coaches from your rival, from a different conference, from a different level of competition. I don't. Maybe this will change it. I don't know. This is not our fault. But the point is, yeah, the visiting team gets to decide who gets those passes and not. All right? So they would have that information. What I'm saying is that there's going to be a paper trail. It's going to come out. And I wonder who's held accountable. This is the other funny thing. Someone at CMU is going to be held to more account than anyone at Michigan on this. Absolutely. I don't mean on this part of it. I mean all of it. CMU is going to take more immediate progressive action on this than Michigan has (laughs) on the broader scandal they're enveloped in. Ridiculous. The media is putting more pressure Excuse me. Local media is putting more pressure on CMU than Michigan about this. It's just it's this is a tour de force right now, a complete clinic exhibition, whatever you want to call it. Of the tangible, not even trying to keep it hidden anymore bias in the media in this state. It is on full display here. Mm -hmm. They are ready to publicly tar and feather CMU over this. And MSU for some reason. Yeah. Meanwhile, Harbaugh gets one question about it yesterday at his press conference, and they're on their merry way, writing their puff pieces. We didn't even answer the question. No, and they accepted that. Is that going to taint your legacy? Uh, yeah, we're having a great time. Uh, All right, come here, on. Let me put it into better context for you. And if you're on the fence, if you're a Michigan fan, or it, I guess it doesn't really, I'm sure Michigan fans are, represent the broader, uh, the overwhelming majority of people who probably are getting upset by what I'm saying. And that's because you're all children and you can't separate emotions from thought, probably because you don't have thought to Mm, begin with, mm -hmm. because you're in a cult. Right. But I digress. If you're on the fence about what I'm saying, about how this would be handled and how it would how it's a clear case of of the bias in the media infrastructure in, in this state, just walk through this little exercise with me, okay? Imagine that it was an MSU staff member wearing CMU garb, standing on the visitor bench at Michigan Stadium when CMU came to Ann Arbor. Imagine it's an MSU staff member wearing the lowest effort disguise ever. The horror. Standing next to CMU coaches the whole game with the little cheat sheet. Tell me how you would feel then. Or replace Michigan State with Ohio State, whatever. Because, look, I know how you'd react. I know how that would go. 
I know exactly how that would go. That person should be arrested and the school should be burnt to the ground. The reaction from Michigan fans and the Detroit media, who am I kidding? They're the same thing. Mm -hmm. To that would be something like this. Can you imagine if that were the case? Oh, my God. There would be news vans. They wouldn't even send news vans. There would be RVs parked in the Spartan Stadium South lot. Helicopters flying overhead. Yeah. Well, those would just be Connor Stallion's <laughs> <laughs> drones and, and latest surveillance measures. Oh but anyway, goodness. isn't that incredible? Ridiculous. I it, just can't even. Yeah. Wow. It just gets wilder and wilder. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then there's this. Here's another example. No, there can't be more. Of the completely right on the nose, shameless media bias in the state. Mm. This is going on, right? This is the number one story in college sports, certainly college football, mm -hmm. for essentially two weeks now. We're almost at the two week mark, right? Mm hmm. All of the developments on it are being reported by the national media. Right. Remember, it was like four days ago, the Detroit Free Press went three days without an update on this. Meanwhile, there were two new negative headlines about Michigan State football in that same time, while ESPN was breaking more and more stories about Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Right? That's bad enough. Agreed? Agreed. To put it in, to put it in further perspective... Think about what it would be like right now if Connor Stallions were a Spartan and a lifelong MSU guy and had an MSU manifesto and did all the same things but for Michigan State. And then the latest development is he's out there as basically the worst spy ever for a Mac school against Michigan at the big house. And the next story that breaks out of Michigan is that the board of trustees at Michigan have approved moving forward with the contract for the head coach. Imagine if that happened, but with Michigan State at the center. Imagine that's all, Connor Stallions is a Spartan, all this is going on. The latest story is this MSU assistant who's at the middle of the biggest surveillance and, and cheating scandal in memory is now on tape, <laughs> pretty undeniable visual proof of him impersonating a Mac school coach while being on the Mac school's sideline at Michigan against Michigan, ostensibly helping them to crack codes and break signs and steal signs in the game to help them against Michigan. And then the next story that came out of Michigan State was that the board of trustees at Michigan State have approved moving forward with the contract extension for the Michigan State football coach at the center of this. How do you think that would be handled by the Detroit media? Fire and brimstone? Like, burn everything to the ground? Yeah. It would. And you know what? That would be the right way to handle it. Right. Because it, the story would be, oh, my God, you're in the middle of the worst scandal, at least in a handful of years. You are the biggest story for all the wrong reasons in college sports right now. And you have the balls to extend the football coach's deal right now? How? <laughs> By the way, he's facing two other NCAA investigations uh... aside from this. And you have the balls to move. Why are you doing this? My head hurts. We need to have a conversation about this. And by the way, that would be the correct approach. Mm -hmm. 
Are we getting that right now, considering that's what's happening in reality with respect to Michigan and Harbaugh? Here's the Detroit media's coverage of uh, what's being reported by, like, the recruiting sites, like the Wolverine.com on three, reporting that the Board of Trustees this morning gave the green light to continue forward with extension negotiations with Jim Harbaugh. The Detroit media's coverage of that. They don't even try to hide it anymore. Ugh. Isn't it wild? It's, my head hurts. I don't know how else you can react to it other than just be in complete disbelief slash awe. Well, yeah, it's ridiculous. This is crazy talk. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I gotta, it doesn't I, make any sense. I just have to laugh. That's, that's all I can do I'm anymore. I'm so mad. Yeah. It's wild. I... Look, I feel like Dan Deerdorf after Jalen Watts, Jackson, Kali Mod, him, and the entire Michigan fan base in 2015. I don't know what to say. I am struggling to deal with what I just saw. <laughs> That's how I feel. Uh-huh. I just, I don't know what to say anymore. All I can do is just kind of put it out there. But it's, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just new manifestations of, of the same thing, and it's wild. Mm. You know what else is wild? A computer keyboard that is on a longer delay than my broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, apparently the seven-second delay now extends to the computer in the studio. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I wanted to play you some sound, but I guess that's going to have to wait. Because apparently the Auburn media... Asked Peyton Thorne what he thought about the news about about the Michigan allegations. And, well, he said something pretty interesting about it. Oh. I'll have to play that for you if I can ever get the, uh, if I can ever get this to load correctly. But, and there's other sound I want to get to today, too, not related to this. Namely, Dabo Swinney having a complete meltdown on his weekly coaches show. Ooh, I heard that. Because some listener had the balls to call in. Can you believe the nerve of this Clemson fan? He called in and said, four and four, aren't we paying you $11.5 million <laughs> per year? <laughs> and, uh, well, uh, Dabo didn't like that. You know, this man who says he's a servant of Christ. Mm. Well, let me just say, his response was not very Christ-like. That's not how Jesus would handle that. It, it still amazes me when, like, coaches, players, whether it's college or pro at any, you know, any of the sports, when you get into an argument with a fan who's upset with your performance as it translates to how much you're paid, you are never going to win that argument. There is no way to come out of that looking good unless you just accept responsibility and blame and just say, you know what? Yeah, I haven't been good enough. He didn't do that. No, he did not. As you might imagine, the man who has resisted the transfer portal in NIL and in fact said, well, we do actually do not NIL at Clemson. We built this program on name, image, and likeness. The name, image, and likeness of Jesus. Oh, boy. The man who's that big of a shill and an obvious charlatan. Can you believe it? He chose to argue with a fan on live radio. And I'm glad he did because the sound is incredible. We got to play that at some point today. And we got to make time for it, Dr. J, because it's um, it's a long clip. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it when they 
when I heard it. The Clemson radio show let this guy, this this listener, this Clemson fan, go on for like two minutes just trashing Devos Winnie <laughs> on his show. It was awesome, but also like, how does that happen anymore? And then Devos Winnie just cuts him off. Says, I've heard enough from you. Mm-hmm. And then goes in like a four-minute tirade. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. We'll do that later and we'll annotate it. We'll like pause it and react. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as it, It's good stuff. It's really good stuff. Other stuff today. I want to talk about um, something I heard about the Board of Trustees at Michigan State and maybe the presidential search. Um, I've been alerted pre-show that Dr. J is going to try to shake me down for more Urban Meyer details, considering there was a lot of smoke over that yesterday and today again. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. And yeah, you know, more on the Lions and their trade deadline activity or as the fan base is reacting to it, inactivity. We'll go over that as well. All that and more the rest of the way here today. It's Offensive Minded. I'm Beanie. This is the game, 730 a.m. Get your Detroit Lions pregame fix all season with nachos and kneecaps. The Lansing area's very own local Detroit Lions tailgate show. Presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason. Join yours truly, Beanie, from Offensive Minded on the game, 730 a.m. And Brock Palmbush every week, about two hours before kickoff. We cover all the Lions angles, player availability, matchups, outrageous Dan Campbell in-game decisions and audio, local ski mask sales, and everything else. Nachos and kneecaps presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason is also brought to you by Miller Lite on Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ and the game 730. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. There's only one station in Lansing that you've depended on for sports for over 30 years. Some call us by our government-given name of WVFN East Lansing. You can call us by the name the people of Lansing know us by, and that name is The Game. 7.30 a.m. Start your weekday morning with the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout. Middays with Mike Greenberg. Offensive-minded with Beanie Howell. And The Huge Show with Bill Simonson. We're a force to be reckoned with. We're Lansing's own only sports station the game 7:30 a.m. for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done Why would you argue with people online about sports when you can argue live over the airwaves? Cut the BS and let's get to the truth. Sports and Sports Talk is on the game, 7.30 a.m. I put a spell on you. All right, we're back. We can uh, get into the the latest Michigan signs dealing thing if you want to weigh in on that. Connor Stallions, (laughs) basically in a worse disguise than the 
Groucho Marx mask you can pick up at the dollar store on the CMU sideline here at MSU Spartan Stadium for that game back <laughs> on September 1st. I can't believe it. You want to weigh in on that? That's cool. Here are all the ways. 517-342-63. You can always email the show, beanie at wvfnam.com. Use Facebook, send us a message or comment there. Or use the free game 730 AM app. Click chat in the main menu. Sends over a free text to us, okay? Out to phone lines right now for Joe and Lansing. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on? So uh, I won't even, I'm not even going to talk about the Michigan stuff. I want to talk about the Lions, okay? Uh, you know, they, they played good enough to win, okay? But now here we are. They have a 97% chance to make the playoffs at 6-2, and two, okay? So, uh, you know, uh, right now uh, they don't – because I, I called Tim's show this morning, and they were 6-2 and two at one time with Scott Mitchell. Okay. Uh, which was – 30 know, years ago? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. 30 – maybe it's 2009 or something. No, no, it couldn't have been because Scott Mitchell was in the 90s. Was he in the 90s? Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Well, it's, it still shows you how long it's been. So they blew that. So, But, but uh, you know, this team is more uh, balanced, put together. Uh, you know, like like Tim said, you got it, it all depends on if uh, Jared Goff stays healthy. You don't want to get him injured. Um, yeah, but that's true for every NFL team, right? Like, well, you lose your quarterback, you know, you're I mean, screwed. Can Like, name one of the 32 who could withstand it. I, I don't know that there is one. Yeah, there you well, it's it's just tough. I know uh that guy from Washington that took over, it wasn't sacked so much. He's uh he's a he looks like a gunner. Uh what, what's his, what's that guy's name? The guy that got got spent sacked like thirty five times this year, something like that. Who, who are you the Raiders quarterback? The guys from no, the Washington uh, commanders quarterback. Oh, Sam Howell, my cousin. He's, Sam Howell, your cousin. Okay. Well he's been sacked a lot, Beanie. He's been sacked. He's been yeah. sacked over thirty times. So, but he's a gunner. He looks like he's, he's a good passer and stuff. But, um, you know, uh, and then the, the schedule it, it favors the Lions for the for Dallas. You know, Dallas seems like the hardest challenge they got. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't like. I wouldn't like the, the Saints might be kind of a one of those trap games. But, uh, dude, you know, our division, you know, right now is pretty uh, lackluster, and the Cousins going down that yeah. doesn't help. Yeah. Look, the division's over, right? Like, yeah, it probably already was, but Kirk Cousins going down for the year just seals it. It's over. This is about playoff positioning now for sure. Um, and I think that's why so many Lions fans are upset they didn't make a move for, uh, you know, Chase Young or, you know, Daniil Hunter or someone like Armantez Sweat who went to the Bears. Um, yeah, yeah. What do you think? Are you are you in that camp? Are you upset they didn't do that? Uh, you know, I... I you know, I'm fifty-fifty on it. You know, I, you know, if they didn't get it, you know, I mean, they're, you know, they're 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 built for they're built to win, not to say a championship, but they're at least built right now to at least get maybe home field and maybe one win or, um, but you know, right now they're the second best team in the NFC. So, you know, and the the, the only game that really well the Seattle game really kicked them in the ass in the uh, um. Uh, Baltimore. The other game with Baltimore. That really didn't. But, you know, I mean, they beat Kansas City, and how good is Kansas City? Kansas City can't get out of their own way lately. Well, that's the NFL. You know what happens. Even the best teams are due to trip up a couple of times. I wouldn't freak out about that. So, 
San, San Francisco, uh, three in a row. Uh, yeah. Purdy, you know, I mean, it's, it, you know, it's the NFL, but, uh, you know, uh, just different, you know, I mean, Lions supposed to be our America's team now. So, uh, from what I've been told, it's, it used to be Dallas, but it's the it's Lions now. So, uh, we want to see them do good. We want to see, uh, want to see a lot of fans there. Of course, they always, 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 and we always are. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Yep. Well, I lost you for a second. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, uh, and do they have one more primetime game? At least, uh, yeah, I think the Dallas game coming up at the end of the season. Thanks for the call, Joe. I got to leave it there. Um, and there could be more flexed by then. Keep that in mind. I, look, the fan base, at least the vocal part of it, is melting down right now because they didn't trade for a pass rusher. But I don't think that's the truth. That's how it's being portrayed. Let's be real. The reason the fan base is melting down like this is not because they didn't trade for a pass rusher. It's because they didn't trade for a pass rusher and San Francisco and the Bears both got two guys they wanted Mm -hmm. in Chase Young and Montez Sweat, respectively. But think about it. Like, would it be worth it? So let's go with Chase Young first. San Fran gave up a third-round pick to get him. That's a high-value pick for a guy who, by the way, is hurt all the time. He's hurt a lot. Now, is he a good player? Sure. Has he lived up to number two overall billing like he was drafted? Absolutely not. Good part of that is, you know, availability. But also, on top of it, you, it costs a third-round pick. And if you don't sign him to an extension, which will be expensive... You just gave up a third-round pick for a rental. I wouldn't have done that. And I know the fan base, you know, most fans are incredibly short-sighted, but that's not the job of Brad Holmes. He has to think way bigger picture. He has to look way further down the road. I'm glad they didn't make that deal. That would be a bad deal. The only way it works out is if they win a Super Bowl this year. Do you think Chase Young puts them over the hump, gets them from not winning a Super Bowl to winning a Super Bowl? I don't. Even if he plays all the games, which, by the way, that's a major crapshoot. And also there's this, and this pertains to anyone they would have traded for who's high profile like that. If you make a trade like that and then extend the guy to keep him, that's a zero-sum game. That money comes from somewhere. So whether it was Chase Young, Max Crosby, Montez Sweat to a lesser degree, Daniil Hunter from the Vikings, if you made a move for one of those guys... Not only would you be giving up draft capital, which is, frankly, gold in the NFL, and that's the best way to build a team. Not only would you be giving up a very, uh, a very precious amount of that commodity. In this case, Chase Young, it was just a, a third-round pick, but Daniil Hunter was rumored to be on the market for Minnesota was asking for two first-round picks and a second. Nope. It's insane prices. Not only would it cost all of that, but it guarantees you will not be able to keep everyone when it comes to this group. Aiden Hutchinson, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jared Goff, and Panay Sewell. You would lose at least one of them because there's simply not enough money to keep them all. That's how the NFL is designed to work. That's what promotes parity. You find great players, even if you draft them, well, good for you. They turn out to be great, can't keep them all. That's the point. I'm, I'm not convinced they can keep all those guys as it is. And then if you go out 
and make some big deal like this to get Chase Young, and then you have to sign him to an extension. Otherwise, it's just throwing away a third-round pick, basically a, a lottery ticket to try to win the Super Bowl this year. That ain't worth it. I would rather keep those guys long-term, the guys that you drafted, because one, they're younger and cheaper right now, and two, that's the more sustainable model for building a consistent winner, not by making trades and certainly not by paying out the ass in free agency. That's a bad path. Going all in only works out if you win the Super Bowl. And take it from me, a guy whose favorite team did that the last three years, and now we're in cap hell. People ask, why didn't the Packers get anyone to help Jordan Love? Because they're bleeding out dead money from three straight years of putting all the chips, pushing them all to the center of the table. This is the consequence. The salary cap is real. Oh, but you can backload the contracts. You can. But guess what? Bill still comes due. And when you do that for several years with several contracts, the bill comes due at the same time, and it sucks ass. Let me tell you, watching Jordan Love playing with a bunch of skill position players all on their rookie deal still, except for Aaron Jones, who's always hurt. Yeah, that ain't fun. That's not fun, guys. And if you start getting in this mess, if you would have traded for Daniil Hunter or someone like that, that would be not just your future, but that would be like three years from now. Basically, making a big trade like that would represent a shift in the organizational approach. It would be the Lions are no longer building for a longer-term window. It would mean they think the window is open now, and they've basically got two or three years to win a Super Bowl. I don't think that's the right approach. I believe in continuing to do it through the draft. I think that's the most sustainable way. And they've proven that they can draft well. Yes, he's a good he's good at identifying talent. Why would you want to take away a third-round pick or, or worse from this guy? He's mm-hmm. been good. Yeah. There are Lions fans out there that think they should have given up two first-round picks and a second for Daniil Hunter. Are Absolutely you crazy? Not. Yeah. Are you nuts? The Bears had to give up a second-round pick, which for them is basically a late first-round pick, mm-hmm. to get Montez Sweat. You wanted to do that? Guys, you got to think bigger picture, man. That's shortening your window. I know some people out there think this is like the time. The time is now to win the Super Bowl. I'm telling you, no. Trading for one pass rusher would not have taken them over the top. At least I don't believe so. 517-342-63. Gary and Lansing, what's up? Hey, Benny. Uh, Enjoyed that game last night. Longtime Lions fan and suffered like many of the Lions fans have uh, over the years. It's been a while since uh, this franchise shined like that on a Monday night football game. Mm-hmm. I think you almost have to go back to the some of the Barry Sanders years when I was a season ticket holder and was in the Silver Dome and watched them rock the place. And you know what? And not just that, Gary. It also they, ESPN portrayed Detroit in a positive light. It's usually the opposite. You know, it's... I thought that was amazing that they, they did totally portray them in a positive light. Yeah, it just um, it's the latest evidence the Lions are the it team in the NFL. The thing that really jumped out about me in, in looking at the game, um, and, and I'm sure the pundits have captured this, I've caught a little bit of the NFL network uh, this morning, um, is the offensive line. There were three starters not in that game, and I think there was a, 
a third string guy that uh, actually ended up skipper, I think, ended up uh, replacing a young rookie or a young second year player that got dinged up during the game. But they they saluted Freilich during the game, the uh, offensive line coach, and uh, mm-hmm. he's you know I mean we give a lot of credit to Ben Johnson. We talk about a lot of the coaches on that team, and I think the most valuable one right now might be that offensive line coach because with the type of quarterback that Goff is, he's not Mr. Mobile. He's a guy that, as you guys know, uh, you know, he needs to play action to work it. you got to be able to run the ball. And he's not running around all over the place. And the Lions aren't going to win a lot of games. they got to throw the ball 50 times. Um, they're yeah. going to win like we watched last night. And uh, against a good team, we would have been in trouble with the three turnovers, especially in the in the uh, red zone. Uh, you know, the fumble, the one fumble didn't look good to me. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not that was person, weird. But, it, you know, he's laying on the ground to me, and they, they dig it out. But uh, Yeah, I'm not sure. And i got to leave it there, Gary, just because I'm up against the break. I don't know how they could call that a fumble. The problem was on the field, <laughs> they called it a fumble. So there was basically no way to overturn it. The camera angle... You couldn't see Jack. Yeah. But see, I don't know how they could rule it a fumble in the first place. How exactly. could you how could yeah. you tell his leg was still up? I don't know. It doesn't matter because they did what really good teams do. They played a C minus at best game and still won by two scores. Do you appreciate how hard that is to do in the NFL? The difference between a bad team and a good team in the NFL is generally a couple of points, a few yards, one or two more plays. The Lions played one of their worst games this year, especially offensively, which is usually what carries the team, let's be real. And it didn't matter. Not only did it not matter, they beat another NFL team by two scores. I mean, that's impressive. And you saw what Gary's talking about. Their offense is really a lot like, maybe not this year, but Michigan last year. No, I don't mean they have their own G. Gordon Liddy pulling a Watergate on their opponents all the time. <laughs> I mean, they have a brutally physical offensive line. Obviously really good. A ton of high draft picks scattered across that line. But they're so good in a cumulative way. Even in the early parts of that game, they're not running the ball well, but they kept with it. And it starts to add up to when we got in the third quarter, Gibbs was getting at least six yards every carry because the Lions had just possessed the hell out of the ball and beating the Raiders up so bad physically, they had no more gas in the tank. That is awesome. That's one of the best things you can do in football. When you can get the football and keep it, and then just punish the other team, you got to have patience because maybe it's not paying off in the first or second quarter, but by the time you get to the end of the third quarter, there's a lot of hands-on hips for that defensive front. And you saw it. The Lions just had them on skates the whole third and fourth quarter. That's one of the best things you can have in football. Obviously, it's a passing league, and you want to be able to heave the ball down the field and have that verticality. I agree. But this is the more tried and true method. If you can pound a defensive front... By the way, the Raiders' defense, not bad. Not great. I would say a slightly above average defense. But look what they did to him, man. They just brutalized him. That's awesome. And remember, if you had made a trade for Max Crosby or Daniil Hunter you're probably at least costing yourself Panay Sewell. Do you want to do that? 
It's not a video game, man. There are consequences. It's offensive-minded. I'm Beanie. This is The Game, 7.30 a.m. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. He's Lansing, a town square media station. Lansing Sports Leader. The game, 730 AM. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. From Spartan Stadium to Ford Field, we've got the sports opinions that matter to you. From the Driven Collision Studios, we make friends by accident. On the game, 7.30 a.m. 7.30 a.m. It's a very spooky edition of Offensive Minded. Prepare to be terrified, frightened, and tortured by some of the worst things you can hear. Things that will haunt you forever. Hi, everybody. I'm Tim Stubb. If you want huge opinions on MSU and everything in sports, then tune into the Huge Show weeknights. Any questions? <laughs> That's for you, Dr. J. I know you're a big fan of David S. Pumpkins. Yes. Of Saturday Night Live slash Tom Hanks fame. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, do yourself a favor and Google David S. Th- uh, Pumpkins. <laughs> it's so good. If you're a fan of silly Halloween stuff or even slightly festive, and if you just enjoy America's dad, Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. It'll be well worth your couple of minutes, all right? Cool. All right, so look, to recap for the afternoon commute crowd who's just now joining us and probably on their way to get ready to go trick-or-treating in the snow tonight, bundle up, be safe, have a good time and all that. Uh, but I, I just started with the the latest development in Steel Team 6, as I'm calling it, the Connor Stallions Michigan sign-stealing illegal scouting scandal that... <laughs> Thanks to some sleuthing on Twitter last night, we have pretty compelling visual evidence that Connor Stallions <laughs> impersonated a CMU staffer and stood on the CMU sideline for the entirety of CMU's game against Michigan State back on Friday, September 1st. Allegedly, ostensibly, trying to help CMU's coaches decode state's hand signals <laughs> now listen there's no way to know that it was him that man has a goatee and doesn't look as tan as connor stallions did the next day again for michigan's game against eastern 
Dr. J is parroting the U of M Walmart Wolverine Twitter talking points. If you want more on the story, check out the podcast. We covered it all in the opening segment. You can get full podcasts of each and every episode of Offensive Minded for free wherever you get your podcast. Just search Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, whatever it may be. Just search for Offensive Minded. You can get it there. And go to the game 730am.com for podcasts as well. And I've also put the whole Connor Stallion CMU thing at the MSU game up into a little article there at the game 730am.com. CMU has released a press release from the athletic director a couple hours ago saying they're looking into it. And if it was him, which I'm not saying it was, if it was him, it's MSU's fault because their security wasn't tight enough. My God, are you still talking? <laughs> um, on a serious note, do you remember what I said when we came in here Tuesday after Labor Day? What my hot take was following the CMU game? And I took a lot of grief for it. I don't care. That's fine. Actually, you know, it's a good thing. That we should stop playing CMU? That is correct. My point was, it's a no-win scenario for State. If you beat them 56-7, to seven, no big deal, you're supposed to. If it's, if it's a contested game for anything more than half a quarter, State gets at least a week of negative pub. Mm-hmm. And by the way, they've won four out of 12 times or whatever, four out of 13. It's just, it's, it's not worth the risk. And I really hate the argument that, oh, it's good for the state. I like it. You know what would happen? You know what would happen to Central Michigan if state stopped playing them? Michigan would schedule them or Notre Dame, someone. They'd be fine. They've made trips to Georgia and LSU recently. They'd be fine. But by the way, again, this is just my opinion. I don't think it's possible Connor Stallions gets a visitor bench pass, sideline pass from CMU for that game without several people in positions of power at CMU knowing it. What I'm getting at is, shouldn't we just stop playing them now? Like, isn't this enough to take Mm -hmm. them off the schedule? We do you and your poverty-ass program a favor by paying you a million bucks to come down here and get your ass kicked every couple of years. We even had the decency to come play in your glorified high school stadium and give Mount Pleasant its biggest economic day in the history of Mount Pleasant. And this is how you repay us. You fraternize with the enemy. You bring him under your wing. And you don't even have the nerve to try a real disguise. (laughs) I'm canceling any pending CMU contracts if I'm Alan Howard. Bleep them. Mm-hmm. Get the hell out of here. And if I'm CMU, I'm telling Michigan, hey, if you don't want us to talk about this, you better give us a couple of contracted games with a hell of a lot of money attached. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, that's about all I have on that topic. <laughs> I'm about spent on it, <laughs> to be honest with you. I don't know. What did you want to talk about? You said in the break you wanted to talk about something here. Yeah, I want to know more about the Urban Meyer situation at Michigan State. Is this going to be a every time you're on the show I thing? I think you know something and you haven't told us yet. You just have this look about you that you know something and you really want to say it. That's If I really wanted to say something, I would say it. No, you it do. It is my show after I think, all. I think you should just tell us. All right. What do you think? What is it? Since you can read minds now. Well, do you have an update or not? On Urban Meyer specifically? Yeah. I mean, I have acquired some new information since the last time I debriefed you okay. on this program. I, I do. So then why haven't you told me yet? 
You know I'm very invested in this. Okay. I guess, is this going to be a thing? Are we going to do this every time you're on the show? I guess we could. Absolutely. All right. Um, so, okay. Just so you can know why, it's, why it takes time for me to parse out how I'm going to say it. Because I want to be careful to protect sources, first mm-hmm. of all. And also, I, I still do have a little bit of journalist in me. So I want to be careful. I really don't, honest to God, you might think this is a joke. I don't want to come on here and just run with things I've been told by one source, um, partly because of my journalism background, but also because I don't want to get people's hopes up and then be responsible for clinical depression (laughs) if it doesn't work out. But here's, with that said, as long as everyone's okay with that caveat and no one holds me responsible for their mental health or lack thereof, depending on what happens here, okay? Can you speak on everyone's behalf and make that agreement? Yes, I agree. Okay. Again, things move very fast in this. And and this latest update I got was last night, very late last night. So things could have changed by then. I haven't gotten anything since. Take that for what it's worth. But I was told last night, and this I, I have had corroborated by multiple sources now, the same ones that I've trusted and I've talked about and I've given you information on before. Remember where we left things last time you asked me on Friday? I believe I summarized things by saying, if Urban Meyer wants to be the next football coach at Michigan State, then he will be. The ball is in his court. The largest obstacle, aside from Urban Meyer deciding whether he really wants to return to coaching and if he really wants to do it at Michigan State, the only other obstacle, quote-unquote, I'm told there was at the time, was Shelly Meyer, who, although she had indicated she would not stubbornly and intractably stand in the way of him returning for any job, she wasn't thrilled about it, but she would support him. That's the latest update I got last night. And take it for what it's worth, but I was told by two independent sources, they didn't use the exact same words, but I asked them, I repeated it in a way I would phrase it and said, is that the spirit of what you're telling me? Both of them said yes. And what I said was, are you telling me that Shelly Meyer has officially given her blessing for Urban Meyer to return to coaching and specifically to take the Michigan State job. And that was a yes. Okay. From both of those sources. Independent, credible sources. Okay. So that's good news. Yes. Yes. That's the latest I have. Now, I know a lot of stuff was running wild on Twitter and message boards yesterday. There are several people, some of them obvious trolls, that reporting. First of all, there's a couple of these fake CBS sports guys on Twitter. And I say fake because all you got to do is Google them or read a couple of their tweets to see that they're what's called a bleep poster. <laughs> um, SH, you know what, poster. Mm-hmm. Which means they just post stuff to rile people up that's blatantly false or intentionally controversial. One of them's called like Brenton Kelly. Guys, Everything he tweets out is fake. If it winds up being true, it's like a blind squirrel finding a nut situation. He is not a real guy. And the CBS guy he's constantly tweeting and retweeting back and forth with is another phony. It's probably the same person running this racket for whatever reason. I don't know why he would do that. Sick in the head? 
don't get enough entertainment living with mom and dad when you're 40 plus, whatever it is. Um, anyway, that guy and the guys, guys like that were tweeting yesterday that Michigan State and Urban Meyer had agreed in principle on a deal that was worth over $100 million. That is not true. That is not true. I'm sorry to burst everyone's bubble, but that's not true. I also saw, not those people, but other people, people who are actually maybe not media types, but adjacent, who, who were basically reporting Urban Meyer was cited in East Lansing yesterday. And someone as far to say as he was cited entering the Graduate Hotel on Grand River, just across from campus in EL. <laughs> I don't believe that. Mm-mm. Not based on anything I've been told either. I just, why would he be here? You don't have to be in person to negotiate or sign a contract. When Michigan finally landed Harbaugh, they faxed the contract to him across the country. You know, you don't, it, dude, it's post-pandemic. Everything's done over Zoom now. <laughs> like, why would you need to be here to, I, I don't believe he was here. I certainly don't believe all the people tweeting about it. Some Twitter account or social media page that purports to be that of Rick's in East Lansing put that out there. Uh, no, I, that's not true. I hate to break it to you. Now, if someone comes out and can prove it, I'll eat my words. And I will tell you, there is one... God, I shouldn't get into this. What, what the hell? Happy Halloween. <laughs> there is one source-adjacent person I know who said it's true he was here. I don't believe it. This was not one of my sources. It was a source-adjacent person. So it was someone with more credibility than the people on Twitter, but not as much credibility as my actual sources on the Urban Meyer thing. I don't believe he was here or is here right now. That's the latest. The big thing you need to know is according to multiple sources that I trust and have been good to me over the years, and I've been going to them back and forth for Urban Meyer stuff, and most of it has been borne out so far, is that uh, Shelly Meyer has officially signed off on him taking this job at Michigan State if he wants to. She is on board. She has given it her official blessing, which I think is a big deal. Do you think it was Zeke the Wonder Dog that did it? (laughs) She is an animal person, an animal advocate, so I'm sure she would be very involved with that scene if if this winds up happening. So I know that's the next question. You're going to ask me, what percentage odds do you put it at happening? I don't know. I don't know. I can tell you what... The sources I've been going to for this thing throughout, what they say, they won't put a number on it, but they're saying they think it's likely. Hmm. And I, of course, say, well, what percentage? And they, well, we're not going to do that. We just think it's likely. Okay. Well, there you go. I don't know. I see some stuff out there swirling that Urban Meyer is noncommittal right now because he wants to know what other jobs open up. I don't know if that's true or not. I can't get that pinned down. If someone else can, I'll let you know. But I have no idea. I still think that Michigan State would be the best job available. What if Lincoln Riley goes to the NFL? Then it's not. Mm. What if Texas A&M and the oil money marshals the resources to pay Jimbo Fisher $80 million to get fired? Then it's the third best job available. I don't know if Texas A&M would appeal to Urban Meyer, but I know USC would. He wanted it last time around when they wound up going with Lincoln Riley. 
There's something there, though. The, the people in charge at USC, both admin and at least a couple of important donors, do not like Urban Meyer. I don't know, I don't know what it's about. I know that for a fact, though, that that's, that's true, that there are power brokers at USC football that do not like him for some reason. Hmm. I don't know why. But I know he had genuine interest in that two years ago when Lincoln Riley wound up taking it. I don't think USC's going to fire Lincoln Riley, even though their defense is terrible and they're probably going to finish with four losses. I don't know if he'll leave for the NFL or not, though. I just don't know. I do think eventually he's going to the NFL. Will it be this year? I mean, it would make sense. He's about to lose his generationally great quarterback, right? I guess Caleb Williams could come back. I doubt it, though. Well, it depends on what team wants to draft him, right? Isn't that yeah, what he said? He, well, he, he could always pull a John Elway or Eli Manning, though. And if he gets drafted by, say, the Bears at number one overall and he doesn't want to play for them, he could tell them that and force them to trade him like Elway and Eli Manning did. It wouldn't be the first time that's happened before. So, I don't know. He's I smart think, enough not to go to the Bears. Lincoln, or, oh, Caleb, Caleb Williams. Yeah. yeah. Well, everyone thinks the Bears' landing spot is for Harbaugh, right? That's the working theory there. Harbaugh is, regardless of what happens with this, he was already on his way out. And with what's going on now, he's for sure going to be back in the NFL next year. Mm -hmm. And what he's going to wind up doing is, you know, he played in Chicago. It seems to align with his values. He'll be the head coach there. And they will probably have the number one and number two overall picks. Mm Mm-hmm. So he could, in theory, take Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr., mm-hmm. which would be a hell of a combo to build around. Maybe he wants to take J.J. McCarthy number one overall. I don't know. But um, I think the USC job would be a problem, although I've been told on good authority that there are major obstacles at USC to any Urban Meyer interest. So I, I don't know. That's where I am with it. By the way, As long as we're on this kind of topic, I did come across a very interesting conspiracy theory about Michigan State's president role. Oh. Yeah. Why don't I tell you about it? Okay. Would you be interested? Yeah. Now, this isn't mine. I was told this. Um, Someone mentioned, someone in the know mentioned that this was an an idea being floated or, or circulating and then it was picking up steam online, and then I found it online. And I don't know how real it is, but it's interesting. You want to know it? Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you on the other side. Oh, no. It's offensive-minded. I'm Beanie. That's called a tease. <laughs> this is the game, 730 a.m. The Detroit Red Wings are back for another season on the Lansing Sports Network. He shoots, he scores on the backhand. Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM. Never miss a game again, whether you're on the go or just like doing it the old-fashioned way and sitting around the radio. Parking scores from the right side goal. Every face-off and every playoff can be heard on Lansing's exclusive home for Detroit Red Wings hockey. 1240 WJIM, Lansing's only home for hockey. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
podcast. The guy who signed a contract agreeing to listen to your bit. I mean, complaining. Beanie Howell with Offensive Minded on the game, 730 a.m. Dr. J, a little birdie told me you were at a Halloween party over the weekend, a Halloween karaoke party, no Mm -hmm. less, and you karaoke this. I sure did. I thought your jam was We Didn't Start the Fire. But it was a Halloween party. I had to do a Halloween song. Okay. Well, how'd it go? It went pretty well. Yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. Did you get a a standing O? No, but I was the first one to go, so... You know, that's always a, a difficult position to be in. You were the karaoke. opener? I was. Wow. You got nerves of steel, don't you? Absolutely. Well, uh, look, there's no transition out of that. <laughs> but I promised it before we got out the last uh, segment. I've heard an interesting theory about Michigan State's presidential search. Um, I don't know how real this is. Someone in the know mentioned it could be. Not that it for sure was and said it had gained a little steam online and I looked into it and I saw what they were talking about. So it goes something like this. Obviously, Michigan State is looking to hire its next president. The plan was the board has said all along they want the next president in place by Thanksgiving, right? Well, that's basically four weeks from two days from now. So we're, we're in the home stretch. The search committee officially sent its recommendations in terms of candidates to the full board last week, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Here's the idea, and it gets political, so bear with me. I'm not interested in the politics of it. The only reason I'm going to tell you this is because it's relevant to why this might happen, and I think it makes sense. So... It looks like, you know, with all the board instability and all that, obviously infighting. But we also know Dennis Denno, the trustee who's in charge, he's running the search, the search committee, said that the board does not have to hire someone that the search committee recommended. Mm -hmm. He also said that they were open to candidates from outside of academia. Mm -hmm. All right. What's something else, you know, that's with, with the political spin here coming up and we're about a year away from what's going to be a massive, massive, bitter election. It's going to be the most expensive one ever, right? And all that. Theory goes that Michigan State is going to hire retiring Senator Debbie Stabenow as president. Now... Again, just the theory. But the reason would be she's a MSU alumna and she's got a long public service record, mm-hmm. especially in the Senate where she's worked on the Ag Committee, which would make a ton of sense, Ag and Food Sciences, and then coming over to Michigan State, right? But mm-hmm. also, you know, the political experience is useful too. 
uh, as a, the person running this show would know and all the politicking you got to deal with from the board and all that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, why would, why would that happen? Keep in mind, Democrats control the board by a seven to one margin. And again, I'm not giving you political spin on this. I could care less D or R. That's not the point. This is just the theory I've been told. So if they hire Stabenow, of course they would have the votes to get it done. Mm-hmm. There are seven Democrats on the board. Debbie Stabenow is a, a long-serving Democrat, like one of the you know, veteran-venerated ones. And I'm sure that they, despite the board's issues, the state Democratic Party could whip them in line to get that through. Mm-hmm. Why would it get so political? Because think about it. Stabenow has already announced she's going to retire after this term, which ends... On January 3rd, 2025. So there's essentially, what, a year left? A little bit over a year left on her term. The election to replace her is going to be bitter and close. We already know, like, uh, I think the the lady who's our congresswoman, Alyssa Slotkin, Mm -hmm. a Democrat, is running for it, right? Mm -hmm. But so is Mike Rogers, who used to be the, the congressman for the same district here, <clears throat> excuse me, he's a Republican out of Livingston County. And he's been in charge or high-level jobs at the CIA and stuff. I think he's a very, he's a national security guy. So is Slotkin. But he's already started his campaign. It's going to be bitter and close. So the Democrats probably want to keep it as, yeah, give them, obviously they want to have whatever advantage they can. Well, what's one of the biggest advantages you can have in any election regardless of circumstances and party, is being the incumbent, right? Mm -hmm. If Stabenow becomes president here, whether it's this month, next month, whatever, that means she will step down early with a year left on her term. What happens when the Senate seat is open? The governor of that state appoints the senator. Whitmer, a Democrat, could appoint Slotkin, who's running for the seat, to fill out the rest of the term, and then Slotkin can be the incumbent on the ballot, mm. which matters. Mm-hmm. You know, it gives you a little bit, a, a little bump percentage-wise. That's the theory. Okay. Now, I've heard actually from political, political reporters that I used to work with told me they don't think it's true at all. They think Sabinow's committed to filling or finishing her term, mm-hmm. which again ends January 3rd, 2025, basically 14 months from now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I could see why that would happen. Yeah, that would make sense. And by the way, Debbie Stabenow is president of MSU. They could do a lot freaking worse. Yeah. A lot worse. Could they do better? Probably. I, I'm not big on these avant-garde hires from a president. Like, if they go out and hire someone from the private sector or CEO, I'm not going to like that. Mm-mm. I'm just not a believer that government runs like business. It's way messier. And there's a lot more that goes into it you know you you can't rule with an iron fist in government or a big-time university especially one as dysfunctional and fractured as this one like you can a a ceo of a company can right i don't know what do you think of that i think it's interesting i can see how it would work i wouldn't be mad about it yeah, I just, I wonder though, like would MSU want to do that? Like they're going to get a ton of heat for whoever they hire. If they go political, whether it's a D or an R, that's just going to add to the toxicity of it. I, I, I just don't know. But maybe, the, I don't know. Who knows? I get why that's a theory. It would make a ton of sense. 
politically. I see why they might investigate that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, look, can, can Stabenow really be worse? No, I don't think so. And she's a politician, so she knows how to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Say what you want about Engler, and I know a lot of people really don't like him and were not fond of the way he handled things and conducted himself, especially with the Nasser survivors. Ugh. But he knows how to get stuff done. That's true. And that settlement happened because of his, you know, political experience. He, that's probably the sole reason he was in the job. Mm-hmm. But he also, his mouth undid him, right? Mm-hmm. That's ultimately why he was pushed out. 517-342-63. Rob, what's up, man? Hi, good afternoon. Uh, interesting take on uh, NFL positions and also the Board of Trustees. Um, do you think Harbaugh is necessarily going for sure the NFL? And if so, um, I would have to think there'd be better positions out there than the Bears position for him. Yeah, um, the Chargers is probably going to be open, I think, and that might appeal to him more. I know his wife is a California lady, and obviously, you know, they've been there before with Stanford and San Francisco. Um, I don't know. Um, I guess, you know, before this season started, I was pretty sure he was going to go back to the NFL because I had had it on good authority. He was very disgruntled with leadership at U of M and the fact that he's still the fourth highest paid coach in the Big Ten despite what he's done the last two-plus seasons. But then there was news of that contract, and there was some talk it might be a lifetime like rolling contract, so I didn't know what to make of that. Then this happened. Look, um, the latest reporting from like on3.com is that Michigan's Board of Trustees met this meeting and said, we're going to move forward with the contract extension anyway. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, man. I, I would still lean towards he's in the NFL next year. Yeah. If I have to put percentage odds on it, I would say 60% he's in the NFL 40. He stays at Michigan. But again, I don't know. I, I don't have any inside Intel on that. What do you think? Well, I'm curious if when the Raiders hired McDaniels, which I have no idea why they did that, but when they hired him, if I remember correctly, didn't Jim Harbaugh get his coaching career started with the Raiders at yes. one point? Yes, that's correct. And he um, reportedly was interested in that job, but I don't know if he interviewed or not. But okay. uh, yeah, yeah, and that might be open too, and they might be restarting, you know, or starting over is a better way of saying it. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, yeah. dude, it's, and things change so fast here. I have no clue what to make of any of this anymore. Right. <laughs> Watching, um, for what it's worth, watching part of the Lions game last night, the Lions looked good, but I could be, I could be wrong, but it appeared to me like um, the Raiders kind of didn't want to win on purpose with some of the throws that were made and, and just some of the mistakes that were made in that game, like they're actually trying to lose the game. I don't know if – I don't think the players are. I think Jimmy Garoppolo just no. sucks. Like, how can you miss yeah. – Devontae Adams didn't have a guy within 20 yards of him there in the fourth quarter, and he just flat-out missed him. <laughs> like, that's, that's inexcusable. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, the, um, the offense, like the quarterback, appeared to me like – like his, he's, he's normally not that way. It, it, oh, yes, he is. He's like, wildly inconsistent, man. That's his whole problem. Okay. Yeah. I don't think he's okay. throwing that. No. Now – do you do you well does the ownership or or management or coaching staff are they trying to 
put their guys in the best position to succeed, or are they trying to play for a better draft pick? I don't know. There might be some meat on that bone, but I'm yeah. I don't think the players. I don't think Garoppolo is intentionally airmailing a wide open Devontae yeah, Adams. What I was referring to is um, not necessarily the players, but the coaches are making it more difficult on the players to succeed. Well, if they are, that wouldn't be wise because they'll lose their jobs over that because the Raiders will start over, and that means Josh McDaniels is out, right? right? So I, I don't know. There's so much. There's so much talent on that Raiders team that. I and mean, they should be a guaranteed playoff team. Uh, well, their defense is better than average, but the offense just, yeah, yeah, it's not sinking. And they can't get Adams the ball. It's because of Jimmy Garoppolo. He's just not good enough, you know? Yep. So. All right, man. Appreciate the call. I got to go to break. We'll come back and wrap it up with you after this. I'll get you that Dabo sound. Trust me, you ain't going to want to miss it. Fantastic shot in Freuda. On the other side. It's offensive-minded. I'm Beanie. This is the game, 7.30 a.m. Get your Detroit Lions pregame fix all season with nachos and kneecaps. The Lansing area's very own local Detroit Lions tailgate show. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Back to the best in sports talk now. We're Lansing's number one source for sports talk. Touchdown! The game, 7.30 a.m. Wow, that was the fastest break ever. Hey, you didn't think you were going to get through the Halloween episode of Offensive Minded without hearing Thriller, did you? <laughs> okay, I promised it all day. Save the best for last. Davo Swinney yesterday was doing his weekly, <laughs> his weekly coaches show. Oh, my God. This guy named Tyler from Spartanburg called him to basically post him up for Clemson being 4-4, four and four, despite Dabo being one of the highest paid coaches in all of college football at $11.5 million per year. I'll just play the sound here. Take a listen. This is incredible. And we're going to have to pause and move ahead and stuff just for timeliness, but we can annotate too. Take a listen. Is that a problem, though? Is that a problem that the expectation is greater than the appreciation? No. No, the expectation should be high. Especially if you're, you know, you put together a winner, right? Yeah. Yeah, also, um, look, hey. If Davo Swinney has a problem with the expectations being so high at Clemson, maybe don't have a sign in the football building that says we expect to be the best. Right. You just have a fan holding you to account for your own buzzwords and your own purported program standards. Hmm. God forbid 
we hold someone responsible. So, you know, we've won 12 10-plus win seasons in a row. That's happened three times in 150 years. So if you want to know why, Clemson ain't sniffed a national championship for 35 years. We've won two in seven years. And there's only two other teams that can say that, Georgia and Alabama. Neither of them are 4-4. Four and four. Okay. Is this a bad year? Is this a yeah. It's my responsibility. Take 100% responsibility. Do you, though? Do you? You're arguing with a caller on your weekly <laughs> coaches show. Yeah. All this bull crap you're thinking, all these narratives you read. Listen, man, you can have your opinion all you want. And you can apply for the job. And good luck to you. Right? But to answer your question, right, we're second in draft picks. We've graduated 98% of our guys. We're second in... Because everyone cares about that, right? Uh-huh. Yes. There's a lot of teams that you Frank Howard never had a bad year. Coach Ford never had a bad year. Nobody, Coach K, never had a bad year in basketball. That's relevant. Sure. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Never called a play in his life. I'm sure you were critical then. Right? And he took us to two national championships. People like you who just love to, to destroy people with your comments. Right? I'm sure you've never made any bad decisions. I'm sure you've lived a perfect life. I'm sure you've never, I'm sure you've led a bunch of people. I'm sure you do your job from, so. Hey, anytime you result to ad hominem attacks by, you know, sidestepping the actual question or criticism, you might as well just have a sign on your forehead that said, I'm incapable of taking responsibility for my own shortcomings. Mm -hmm. Answer your question. I started as the lowest paid coach in this freaking business. All right? where I am because I've worked my ass off every single day. And I ain't going to let some smart-ass kid get on this phone and create this stuff. So if you got a problem with it, I don't care. Seems like you care. I work for, for the Board of Trustees, the President, and AD. And if they're tired of me leaving this program, all they got to do is let me know. I'll go somewhere else where there is an appreciation. Mm. Now that's interesting. I wonder if he thinks his time is dwindling, coming to an end there. Mm. If it is, I want to get out in front of this right now. And I want to make unequivocally clear not this again. That Michigan State oh, okay. should not go anywhere near this guy. Oh, absolutely not. If no. Dabo Swinney's the head coach here, I'm out. I'm out. Because one of my most loathed things in sports is guys who cynically leverage faith and are obviously not serious about their faith, but can't wait to tell you how serious they are. This is maybe the poster boy for that. If Davos Winnie was a coach here, dude, I would have to quit. I wouldn't be able to do it. I would not be able to do it. My heart literally wouldn't be able to take it. I mean, I would have a heart attack because he's so freaking fake. He's such a phony. Also, you can't hire a guy who has dug his heels in and said he will not engage with the transfer portal in NIL era. That's like, you know what that is? That's a dinosaur seeing the comet coming and saying, I refuse to accept that I'm about to go extinct. That's Dabo Swinney. I can't do that. 
I saw people spitballing that already yesterday. They're like, whoa, maybe the, maybe this means he's available. No. Do not even start that. I can't handle it. And we deserve better than that, frankly. Just wanted to get out in front of that. Well, on that note, a nice happy ending for offensive mind. Happy today. Halloween. I don't even have a, a I don't even have a, a Halloween song. You're running out of time here. You know what we could do? Hmm. We could just play Thriller again. <laughs> I mean, if it ain't broke, right? That's fair. All right, let's let's go out with Thriller. The only way to exit the show on Halloween. Until tomorrow, four to six. Hey, stay tuned tomorrow, four to six. From four to five, it'll be total BS on Offensive Minded when Steve the DeWitt Dream and cousin of Jared Goff returns to the program. See you then. But until then, hope everyone has a great, safe time at Halloween. Bundle up. The snow's coming down. Until 4 o'clock tomorrow, be safe and be good. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.